Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hey everyone, this is Penny. Welcome to our Flourish Podcast. Last time we talked about the glory of God and God's resume. Many of you may not have known that God has a resume, but I was referring to what he spoke to Moses when Moses had previously asked him to show Moses his glory. Even though they already were close, even though they spoke all the time together, Moses wasn't satisfied with that. He said, I want to really know you. Show me your glory. And so then, later on in the chapter, we find out that God indeed says, all right, I'll do that. And he puts Moses in a little cleft in the side of the mountain. He covers him with his hand, and he passes by. And is it just merely, oh, a giant light shines, and Moses just like is blinded, and, and that was the glory of God, and that was it. Did the angels just blow trumpets, and, and the heavens open? No, that wasn't the sum total of what he did. In reality, the main thing that he did when he passed by was he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name or the nature or the character of the Lord. And then he told him that he was compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, abounding in truth, keeping loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sin, and not allowing the guilty to go unpunished. Well, wow. So that's how God describes what his glory is. He says, you want to know what my glory is? Here it is. Know what I'm like. Get it. Understand it. Fight for it. Live under it. Go after it. See me that way. Refuse to see me any other way. Don't be lied to. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled into thinking, I'm out for evil against you. I'm out to tempt you. I'm out to try you. I'm out to destroy you. I'm out to hurt you and your family and your children. I'm out to bring chaos on people. Don't believe that. Moses wanted to know what God's glory looked like, and God showed him. He said, here it is. Here's my character. So you might say, well, Moses, he was different than me. He's an unusual case. And he was the progenitor, the beginner of a covenant with God. He was really important. And he was. But let me tell you what Corinthians says, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. And I'm just picking some of the verses out of there. And it says, but if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones, came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? So he's talking about us now in this current age. Be even more with glory. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory? For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory 
because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. For we are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face, so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But we all, we who fear him, we who trust him, we who have surrendered our lives to become his children, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Wow. Think about that. We, we don't have to hide our faces. We don't have to be intimidated. We don't have to think of it just as a mystery. But he says, beholding as in a mirror. In other words, when you look in the mirror, what you see looking back at you is the face of someone who has been impacted, transformed by the glory of the Lord. And it says here, we're being transformed into his same image. So in other words, he's changing us. Every interaction with him. You know, Moses would have those times where they would meet in the tent and they would talk face to face. But this part of the Bible says, how much more glory do we have? Now that doesn't seem reasonable. You think about Moses, you think he's got it made in the shade. There's who knew God more than him? Who was closer to God than him? Who had the glory of God more evident in their life than Moses? He hung out with God all the time. He changed history with God. God listened to him. But it says in 2 Corinthians 3 that what we have has even more glory. And he says, we behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord as we're being transformed into that same image, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That is incredible. Wow. So you, little old you, doing your life day to day, but choosing to look at the resume of God and say, this applies to me. And through this, I am being conformed transformed into his image. Why? Because I don't ever fail, because I'm a good girl and I accomplish such and such and such, because I attended church a certain amount of times, because I read a certain amount of verses in the Bible. No, and those things are important. But he says, as we behold the glory of the Lord, as we look and see God's image and who he is, and we really understand it, and we really grasp it, then it changes us. It turns us into someone who is made like him. I mean, if we really get this, it is so freeing and so empowering because God is not requiring some kind of heavy, unattainable yoke for us to walk close to him. He's requiring us to believe him and let it be imputed to us for righteousness sake, to become part of who we are, to say, yes, that's me. I am being made into his image. He is creating himself in me. The glory 
we've received from partnering in his nature through faith. It's not temporary, but we are continually beholding it as in a mirror and we're being transformed. We look at his nature, we look at his resume, and we come up closer to where he is. We are changed into the nature that we are beholding from glory to glory. There's a nature transfer. God is transferring his nature into you. He's just asking for your cooperation. He wants it to be that you can't tell where Jesus starts and Penny ends. That it's intermeshed together. That we are gazing as in a mirror. We are gazing at his word. We are gazing at his promises. We are gazing at his resume. We are gazing at who he says he is. You can't become it unless you see it. You've got to gaze. That's what requires some things on our part. Moses had the tent of meeting. We have our secret place. We have our quiet place. We have his written character statement. We have to be willing to go there. And then we have to be willing to make a trade. We have to make a trade. What are we trading? The Bible says that he wants to give us beauty for ashes. So all of our ashes, all hate, all rejection, including self-rejection, all fear, all shame, all guilt, all inferiority, all the lies, you have to trade that in. What are you trading it for? His beauty, his compassion, his loving kindness, that word again his grace, his forgiveness, and so much more. You know, this is a section of scripture I've talked about a lot. Second Peter 1, 2 through 4 says, Grace and peace will be multiplied, not just added, but multiplied to you in what? How do they get multiplied to you? In the knowledge of God. What did we say again? His glory is contained in his resume, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything, everything you ever need pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. There it is again. We have to get it. We have to know him. We can't see him wrongly. We can't be confused about who he is. And then it says, he's called us by his glory and excellence. For by these things, his glory, his opinion, who he is, and his excellence, he's granted to us these precious and magnificent promises so that by these promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world by lust. Wow. Okay. So here we have on the table, he says, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. I've done that. And then through my glory, through my character, through my nature, I've provided you with precious and magnificent promises so that by those very promises, you will become like me. You'll become a partaker of the divine nature and you won't have to lust. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to do what Eve did. 
to have your need met. What do you need to do? It says these things will be multiplied through the knowledge of God. You have to seek the heart and the knowledge of God. You have to go after his resume. You have to figure out who he is and who he is to you, toward you. What is his heart? What is his plan? What is his objective? What does he want to do in you? What does he want to do through you? You have to go after that. And if you do, it says his magnificent and precious promises will make you like him. It doesn't say you're suffering and you're being beat down and chastised and all those type of things. Although does, God does correct us. But partaking of his promises will make you like him. And you won't lust anymore. You won't fear. You won't grovel. You won't fuss and fight. You will receive. Watchman Nee said the greatest thing we ever do in the Christian life is to receive. We learn to receive. We learn to realize that he has done it. He has completed the work on our behalf. And now we just have to reckon ourselves as his and as recipients of all of these things. Go after it. If you have sin in your life, turn from it. Allow him to wash you, to cleanse you, to help you. He wants to. He's not looking, he's not angry. He wants to help you. That's why he died for you. He suffered and died. So become a partaker of the divine nature. How? By finding out who God is, what he looks like, what his heart is. And then appropriate that. Say, you know, Lord, i got this thing going on in my life, but here's what your word says. And I choose to behold that, believe that, lay hold of it, trust in it, to be under your shadow, to be under your plan, your promise. That's for me. And I'm going to become like you because of that very thing. Because nothing will make God more happy than you choosing to believe him. Nothing. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Well, we're going to close for this time. We may pick it up a little bit next time again, because this is such powerful stuff. Man, when we get a hold of this, it changes everything. So thanks for joining me today. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.